You're listening to Singleness, Sex, and Dating with Perry Noble. You can connect with Perry and read more of his thoughts on relationships at perrynoble.com. Thanks for tuning in to the August audition of the Singleness, Sex, and Dating podcast with Perry Noble. Yes. If you're new to this I podcast. Come from a land down under. <laughs> that's right. Sorry, I just, it's well, your voice, Stacey. I was going to Stacey, I was gonna introduce out. myself anyways. My name okay. is Stacey and I am from a land down under. And I have the privilege of asking my pastor, Perry Noble, questions that people all over the world have submitted. So Perry, we have a list of great questions lined up for you today. So let's jump straight in with the first question from Canada. And it's from, oh, it's from Jenny. Canada. And That's all I got. Jenny asks, as we strive to follow God's will for our life, is there one man or woman that is specifically for you as per God's perfect will for your life? Did he create that husband to be just for me? Jenny, great question. First of all, hope things are going great up there in Canada. Don't know what's <laughs> up with Canadian bacon, but I think we've got way better bacon in the South. Jenny, um, here's the deal. You're going to find godly people on both sides of this argument. Um, there are people that say, you know, the one you marry is the one. And I, I fall in that camp. I mean, the one you marry is is the one. Um, because the problem with believing in the one is um, if you believe in the one and then you get married, and within your first 24 to 36 months, you're going to face some significant issues, mm-hmm. then you're going to go back to, well, I married the wrong one. And so because I married the wrong one, I'm going to go out and have to find the right one. And mm-hmm. so the one can become an excuse more than it can uh to enable someone. So this is this is what I feel. I feel that God custom designed Lucretia for me. He brought us together, but the thing that made her the one was that that I married her. Wow. And and, and that's that that's the can I know that's not the straightforward, mm-hmm. easy answer. Um, but um that's that's where I've landed. That's that's what I believe. Yeah, that's great. And I think that's a myth that so many of us grow up believing is that there's the elusive one out there. Well, yeah, it's like, oh, I hadn't found the one. And I'm like, well, it's right next to the unicorn and the leprechaun. <laughs> um, I, I, they, they, the, the person you marry is ultimately the one. That's great. And the next question is from the probably the greatest state in America, South Carolina. Yes. It's from Grant or Grant, as you guys say. Grant. Hello, Grant. Grant. He asks. I'll so, guarantee you that's the first time he's been called that because it's always been <laughs> Grant. G-R-A-Y-A-N-T. Grant. So he asks, if it's not a sin for a husband to lustfully look at his wife, is it sinful for a boyfriend to lustfully look at his girlfriend? Yes, Grant. Because you're not married. Great. That's it. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not not married. Yeah. You're not married. You don't get to cross lines. That's good. I mean, it's, it's. Because here, here's what will happen, Grant. If you cross that line in your mind, you will eventually cross that line in reality. Wow. Um, a, a sinful thought always happens. It's just that way. It's a sinful thought. Thoughts lead to actions. That's why we're told over and over and over in the Scriptures to fight for our thoughts. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, Think mm. about such things. Second Corinthians ten five says we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so, um, 
the the most important battle that you're going to have in dating is the battle for your mind. Wow. Because if you win the battle for your mind, um, you you will ultimately win the battle for one another's heart. That's great. Win the battle for your mind. Yeah, you got to win. Um, yeah, yeah. Very good. Question number three is from Carly in South Carolina, and she asks, if he is a godly man but is passively pursuing me, should I just give up or give him the benefit of the doubt that he just doesn't know he is being passive? I mean, men can be a little oblivious, right? Yes, Carly, we can be completely <laughs> oblivious. So here's you got a couple you got a couple um of options here, Carly. Number one, he's being passive, but he don't know. And a lot of guys, honestly, I mean, it really is. I mean, give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't know they're being passive. Number two, he's being passive, but the reason he's being passive is because he's scared. And so, um, and that's really difficult for some girls to believe that the guy's actually scared. And so have that conversation with him. I mean, number three, he's being passive because, uh, passively pursuing you because he's afraid of commitment. Mm. And if he's afraid of commitment, you need to be, um, willing to sit down and have a conversation with him to say, hey, listen, um, you, you need to, I feel like you're playing games and you need to stop playing games. And then, you know, number four, he might not know, he might think he's actively yeah. pursuing you. So have you actually sat down with him and defined what pursuing is? Because girls are different. Like some girls pursuing me is, I need you to text me once mm-hmm. an hour, okay? Little freaky. Um, I would say that she's uh, she's a Klingon from Star Trek. You need to run from her. <laughs> but uh, you know, define what pursuing is. I want to talk good. to you once a day. I want to talk to you every other day. I want you to swing by and see me. Like 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 if you'll define that for him, because he might not know. Mm. So give him the benefit of the doubt, and then and see if he reacts. Yeah, and you can't hold him accountable to expectations he's not aware of. In the yeah, first place. it's like Lucretia when I was dating her. Um, even in the marriage, there were things that I did not know. And it wasn't because I was n- not intelligent. It's because I did not see things the way she mm. saw things. And so she's continually telling me how to pursue her heart, which usually includes a foot rub. I don't understand. But um, it, her feet getting rubbed. My feet don't get rubbed. But, I, you know, it's just pursue my heart. Spend time yeah, with me. that's good. And uh, that, that's, you know, her. she's had to coach me through that for about 15 yeah. years. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. That's good. And perhaps he's not really even worth your time. I mean, he might not be into you. That's why he's not pursuing you. I don't know. Just a thought. It's a great thought. Yeah. It's a great thought. Question number four is from Jackson in Pennsylvania. And he writes, and this is a great practical question. He says, what do good physical and emotional boundaries look like in a dating relationship? Jackson, great question. Hope things are going well up there in Pennsylvania. Go Pens. Is it go No Hawk Penguins? Who is it, Aaron? Quakers. Aaron is. Quakers. The Quakers. There you go. <laughs> you know about them now, don't you? <laughs> yes. They've got an amazing hockey team, Stacey. Have you ever seen them play? No, I haven't. Okay. I'll take you to a Quakers game sometime. <laughs> okay. okay. Um, Jackson, great question. And it's it's one of those things that can be debated on um, good physical and emotional boundaries. Um, I think, Jackson, and I'm just going to be honest with you, the reason I wanted to know this, the answer to this question is because when I was dating, I wanted to know how far I could go. And so if you go right up to the line, you know, well, we didn't really send. We kind of just kind of sort of send. And so we're just going to kind of, you know, play that off or whatever. Um, but I'm going to come back to my answer on this one. I mean, it's going to be in the book because I'm, I'm passionate about this. If a couple will actually focus on pursuing 
Jesus, rather than pursuing the lines, the relationship is going to be so much better. Because mm. if you pursue the lines, you limit the potential of your relationship. If you pursue the lines, you limit the potential That's of the great. relationship because you're focused on the wrong thing. But if you'll figure out, um, one of our staff members recently got married. Allie um, Zacher uh, married Josh Seaball, and uh, they're they're at our Hilton Head mm-hmm. campus, and um, got a little baby on the way. So such a great story. But I loved um, Josh and Allie as they as Josh was pursuing her heart, and Allie was responding to Josh's pursuit. They had the conversation, and the phrase they come up came up with is, "We're better together." Mm. Um, you don't know bet you don't know if you're better together if you're just always in bed. And wow. so they um because anybody can make that work. Mm-hmm. Better together is we're going to learn how to be great, great friends. That I'm listen, I'm better because you're in my life. You're better because I'm in your life. And that's the goal. And and that goal does not come about as a result of focusing on how far can we go. Wow. Um and that's so it's great. a tough fight. It's a tough fight fight but you got to be willing to fight it and it's got to be led by the man Mm. if if physical purity in a relationship is led by the girl there will be a breakdown wow because she will eventually give in or she will have to break up that's why the man has to lead that charge yep so pursue jesus rather than pursue the lines yeah that happens when you focus Yep. yep focus on the right thing yep that's awesome i love that great question jackson i think a lot of people are asking that Go Quakers. Go the Quakers. Question number five is from Matt in Alabama. And he writes. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going to try to do a song for every question. All right. I'll hold you to it. Okay. He says, I hear a lot of people saying to wait on God to bring someone into my life. But I also hear lots of other people say that the only way I'll find the right one is by asking a girl out and getting to know her. How do you manage the tension of waiting on God while still trying to get to know somebody and if i am asking someone out does that mean i'm not waiting on god great question matt i've <laughs> i heard somebody say this the other day it was so funny there was a girl that she was like i'm not i'm i'm just waiting on god i'm waiting on god i'm not making any effort i'm waiting on god god's gonna bring him to me god's gonna bring him to me and the person she was talking to said well unless you're gonna marry the ups guy you're gonna have to get <laughs> out of your house and and do something right true. and so matt um i don't you can wait on God and ask people out at the same time. Yep. And, and and at the end of the day, like I was having a conversation with somebody the other day um, who was getting asked out, and I explained to them it's dinner. It's it it's it's dinner. You've got to eat. They've got to eat, and it's dinner. That's all it is. And so going to dinner with someone, it it it's probably in the will of God, yeah. like unless you go to Hooters, you should not go to right. Hooters. Um, Never, no, ever, ever. Quakers don't go to Hooters, okay. and so Good to know. Y- no, yeah, don't go to Hooters. Don't don't do that. It's just not wise. Anyway, so if you're going to dinner, that's not a problem. So if you ask a girl out to dinner and she says yes, and you go out to dinner, and you have a great time. Great, ask her out again. If you ask her out to dinner and she's not interested, um, and then you begin to ask people out to dinner out of desperation. That's when you're not waiting mm. on God. You gotta, you gotta ask her out, give her her space, and trust God to do what He does in His time. That's good. Um, I think that's where so many guys. I know, um, guys typically typically move faster than girls. 
And it's because a lot of guys are insecure. They wouldn't say they're insecure, but they're really insecure. And so I would say, ask a girl out. If you have a good time, go out again. Don't tell her you love her on the second date. That's always run, girls, mm-hmm. if a guy tells you he loves you on the second date. Um, but, yeah, so that's what, that's what I would say. Go to go to dinner. Dinner's not a sin. That's good. So how if, would, Unless you go to Hoosiers. How would Matt know whether or not it's God leading him to ask a particular girl out? Or is it just if he likes her and then he should ask yeah, her out? If, I mean, hey, Matt, if you like her and she's a godly girl, or you think she's a godly girl? Sometimes you don't know until you go out to yeah, dinner. Um, but you think she's a godly girl? <laughs> and she wants to go to Hooters. Then yeah, yeah. Like... I've been surprised. Like, okay, this girl is. I mean, I remember when in college, I was like, oh my gosh, this girl's hot, and uh, and she's at a Christian event, so I'm gonna ask her out. And so I asked her out, and she believed that we, um, like, when we die, we're we. Uh, fall into <laughs> dust and if our good dust is more than our bad dust then our good dust takes us to heaven and our bad dust takes us wow. to hell and i'm like oh my <laughs> gosh i okay um but i didn't know i didn't right. know but yeah. i found out over dinner yep. and um i shared christ with her and she didn't respond but we, we never went out again and i'm focused on jesus and she's focused on great. dust and i but so yeah yeah i think you've got the only way to get to know a person is spend time with that's them that's good that's great. A lot of girls need to hear that. Yep. 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 All right. Moving on. Question number six is from TJ in South Carolina. Woo! Q song. You don't have a song? TJ. No, I, you got to get to the end of the question. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he writes, Pastor P, you speak a lot about staying inside the circle and how to do everything to say, stay inside the circle and how not to step outside the circle. But what should someone do when the other person has stepped outside the circle and been unfaithful? Ooh. Okay, I'm not gonna sing a song because that's a that's a that's like a legit question. Not saying that Matt Jackson, Carly Grant, and Jenny Grant and Jenny did Grant. not ask legit questions. It's true. TJ, man, I um I am there's got to be um forgiveness. And forgiveness has to be extended. Forgiveness is not a one time decision, it's a daily choice. Wow. Um because you can you can be faced with. Uh, well, let's just let's just be honest. You can't control emotion, like when it hits you. You can control how you respond to it, mm-hmm. but when emotion hits you, and so if you're um, dating someone and you stayed inside the circle, but they stepped outside the circle and they were unfaithful, there's a couple things. Number one, uh, was that in their past? Because if that's in their past, then you're you you've got to to forgive them. Um, number two, if that's in the present, then you really need to examine the circumstances that took place because if they cheated on you before marriage and they're unrepentant, then odds are they'll cheat on you after marriage. Um, marriage, her father spending $25,000 so y'all can have a really nice day does not mean that he will stay faithful mm. to you or, you'll, or she'll stay faithful to you. And so I'm just saying um, it, it, it really depends on these circumstances or these, this situation. Mm. So what if TJ was married and not dating, but he was married and his wife stepped outside the circle? Yeah, you've got, I mean, I mean I've just unfortunately seen that happen so many times. And uh, the, it, it's got to start with forgiveness. It's mm. got to start with forgiveness um, and, uh, and, and the person that stepped outside the circle repenting, of course, yep. and the person who did not step outside the circle forgiving mm. and not throwing that in their face on a consistent basis. That's great. Yeah. That's really good. The next question is from Jared in Washington, and he writes, I dated a girl earlier this year, and it felt like we connected on multiple levels. I shared with her that I struggle with pornography. 
A few weeks after that, she ended the relationship, stating that she couldn't bear to stay with me. I feel like I'm taking the necessary steps to battle and overcome this, but I don't know how to approach that subject with a Christian woman. I want to find someone to be transparent with. What should I do? Great question, Jared. First of all, um, I, so this this is the story that I'm assuming based on the question. The question seems to indicate that you dated her for a while. After dating with her and feeling like you connected, you shared with her that you struggle with pornography, um, and then she ended the relationship. Um, there's a couple levels. If you sh- shared with her you struggle with pornography, but there was no indication on your part as to you were going to try to um, battle through the addiction or overcome the addiction, then maybe um, that made her a bit insecure. Mm. Um, maybe you shared that with her, and she felt like she could not stay with you, and and that's a good thing. That's a good thing, because if that's what she's saying now, um, she, she could have bailed on you during mm-hmm. marriage. And so I would say um, if that ran her away, um, that's either an indication that you maybe need to battle through this and overcome this, or it may be an indication that she wasn't um, the person that you needed yeah. to be with anyway because she could not handle what had happened in your life. That's right. And Jared, everyone has sin. I mean, you've got sin that you're struggling with. I've got sin that I'm struggling with. Everyone in in the world has sin that they're struggling with. So, I mean... I don't have any. (laughs) You don't have any? No, not at all. So, believing that you'll meet someone who is going to work through your sin with you as well as share with her her own struggles with sin. That's good. That's good. Work with your Work through your sin with you? Is that what you just said? That was good. (laughs) Somebody write that down. I'm going to put that in the book. Question eight is from Amanda in Tennessee. Rock top, you'll <laughs> always be home, sweet home to me. Yeah. I felt wow. like I could do that before yeah. we got to the question. Absolutely. She writes, I was engaged to an unbeliever that canceled, who canceled our wedding 24 hours before. Two months later, he got saved and baptized. We have not dated for a year, and now he is trying to come back into my life. Since God makes all things new, now that he is saved and lives for Jesus, is it okay to try the relationship again? Sure. Cool. Sure. I mean, yeah, because if, um, you know, there's a couple things. Um, he got saved and baptized. You've not dated for a year. And so you've obviously, and, and by the way, way to go, Amanda, you've given this guy a chance to mature and grow mm-hmm. in his relationship. Because I've seen a lot of girls, and they'll get a guy in church, and he'll get saved, and they'll, okay, he's saved now that I can date him. And that's not, <laughs> that's not the purpose of somebody giving their lives to Christ yeah. is so they can date you. And so I would say absolutely, but um, I would also warn Amanda that the relationship is going to look different than it did last time. Um, If he did not know Christ, um, I'm assuming, uh, and I don't know what did or what did not happen. I'm just telling you that this time around, the relationship's going to look different, and you're going to have to fight to make sure it looks Mm. different. That's great. Awesome. And the last question for today's podcast is from Hannah in South Carolina. And she asks, I'm 21 years old and I've begun to feel as though I'll never be married. I've never been in a relationship, never been pursued, never even been on a date. I often feel unloved, unwanted and unworthy. How do I overcome my fears of inadequacy and being alone? Um, I, you know, Hannah, I, I know that there, for example, Lucretia, my wife, beautiful. Um, I'm the first guy she ever dated. 
I'm the first guy she ever dated. I'm the first guy she ever um, kissed. I mean, I, it, and she was in college before mm. that happened, like her senior year in college. So she's probably around yeah. uh, your age, 21, 22 years old. It, there, there's, there's lots of, there's lots of, th- this question comes in layers. Um, there's a couple of questions um, that you can ask, like, uh, okay, Lord, you know, this is a chance to press into you. Um, and ask uh, how I'm, you know, how's my relationship with you? Um, honestly, and this this will get a bit tense, uh, and I don't want to make it tense, but but I don't know you, Hannah, and I would say this to girls and guys, and I don't want this to be weird, but it's a chance to to look at yourself physically and make sure you're taking care of yourself. I mean, um, and I don't want to say that I, I say that with an a, incredible awareness that there are a lot of females in America that deal with eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia. Mm. Um, and I don't want that, but I, I love that. One of the things that attracted me to Lucretia wasn't her perfect body, but it was the fact that she loved to work out and exercise, second degree black belt in Taekwondo, wow. loved to go out and play football or softball or whatever, loved to take care of herself. Mm. And I was like, you know what? She's healthy. I'm healthy. We can have a healthy relationship because if we can go hiking together and that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and so that that is something to consider, even though it's not the most important thing. Um, I think that's that's something to put in the conversation for consideration. That's the good. other thing, Hannah, is God may just be protecting your heart. Yeah, that's great. Um, God may love you. I mean, God does love you so much. First of all, you are not unloved. You are not unwanted, and you are not unworthy because Jesus died for you. And so, if someone's willing to die for you, that takes those th- those three things out of the equation, out of the conversation. And so you are in Christ, you are loved, wanted, and worthy. That's great. And um, and so that's just the enemy trying to get you to feel that way. In fact, Hannah, I would say that the enemy's trying to get you to your my my fear in, in this question is the way you asked it um indicates that you're leaning in the direction where you're going, you're putting your identity and whether or not you get asked out mm. rather than the fact that that Jesus sees you as valuable, wanted, and worthy. Yep. And and I know that's tough. I know that's tough. I'm not saying it's easy. Um, but I would I would just I would just say please, please, please don't let your identity um fall to the side of I'm not worthy because a guy's not asking me out. Mm. Um, that's good. Yeah, that's a, and then I, I know that's a tough place to be, but that would that would be my advice. Yeah, and what I, I guess my question for Hannah would be: What is she doing socially? Is she just at Girl Scouts or softball, or is she actually putting herself in environments where yeah, she can meet guys? Exactly. That's Obviously, what you did, wasn't it, Stacy? That's exactly what I did. And you're, I mean, you're still dating this guy. I am. And he's pursuing your heart. He is. And he's a good guy. He's a great guy. All right, just the curious. Best. But like, yeah, but you put yourself yeah. in situations. Well, I actually went and you stood, going- I went and stood in the atrium by myself so he could come and ask me out because I knew that he wanted to ask me out and I was busy that day. And so I was like, wait, hold up. I'm going to go stand in the atrium and give this guy an opportunity. And he took it and we've been dating for five months and it's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to start her a podcast next, next called how to get asked out by a guy. <laughs> go stand in the lobby. <laughs> and that's pretty much true at New Spring Church. If yeah, you're a, it works. If, if, if you're a girl, if you go stand in the lobby, it'll happen. Oh. Sometimes it's the 38-year-old creepy guy. But, but, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm sorry if you're the 30 old, 38-year-old creepy okay, guy. Okay, I have one final question. Okay, Pete, sorry. what is the song of the South? For South Carolina, what's, what's the song? If you were going to sing it, what is it? 
Um, it it would be um Tiger Rag. It would be uh. You gotta Clemson, sing it. Clemson. I don't know. Well, I don't know. The, it's not really a song. It's <laughs> okay. like a da 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 da. Have you been to a Clemson football game yet? Once before. Once. I don't know what you're talking about though. You, you, I'll figure it out. It's the song the band played when the team scored. The T I G. Is it that? Yes. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's the song of the okay, South. Okay. That's the song <laughs> of South Carolina is it's Tiger Egg. All right. Hey, if you have a question about singleness, sex, or dating that you would like Perry to answer, then please visit his website, perrynoble.com forward slash ask, as we would love to answer them on the upcoming podcast. Stacey, do you know what the state dance for South Carolina is? The shag? Yep. Yep. Means something different in Australia, doesn't it? Very different. It? I found that out the, yep. t- the hard way. Very different. It was crazy. Hey, thanks for tuning in to hey, this podcast. Hey, I want to be in Australia, Stacey. Soon, next month, September. Yeah, September and October. I'm sorry, right. I'm dragging this out. Thank you. And Stacey, why don't you close out the podcast because you do an amazing job and you have an Australian accent. Well, I was just thanking them for tuning in. <laughs> so we'll talk to you guys next month. Bye. <laughs>